Hi there, welcome to this episode of the Kyle Eye Club. Today I've got a very special guest. Her name is Gina. She's a student. She's busy with all kinds of lucrative things in her life. Gina, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to tell everybody who you are? And if there's anything else you would like to share with this introduction, go for it. The floor is yours. Cool. Well, um, my name is Gina. I like to make up words. My favorite word is jangly because my cat's name is Bajangles and he's really jangly. <laughs> so, so what does being jangly mean? It, um, so he's, he's quite strange, but I mean, all cats have got their own personalities. So sometimes he just does like these weird movements or, um, he pulls these like facial expressions. And I like to like copy him or sometimes he reacts like weirdly to normal things and I absolutely love it. And so then I just tell him, oh no, but jungles, but jungles, you're just being so jungly. <laughs> and it's, it's great. <laughs> so can anything else be jangly? Yes. I refer to things being jangly quite often. Um, I am normally met with a quite decent response to the word jangly. People okay. are quite intrigued. Like, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh no, so it's this word that I made up because of my cat. <laughs> so what, what was your recent jangly thing that you've experienced? Except for your cat now. The re most recent jangly experience I have had was actually quite a silly moment that I had with my brother like two weeks ago. Okay. Right? Where I was being jangly. Um, so <laughs> you were the jangler. Yes, I was the jangler in, in this situation. Um, so I was quite overtired from marathon study sessions and uh, I had to go fetch some stuff from my dad's place and my brother was hanging out with his friends over there. Um, and so then my brother asks me, do you have to be somewhere? I look at him and I'm like, what? And he's like, do you have to be somewhere? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, do you have to go anywhere? Do you have to be somewhere? And I was like, oh, I literally thought you were asking me if I had a bee, you know, like the insect. <laughs> do you have a bee somewhere? <laughs> yes, I have many. I'm a beekeeper now. Yeah. I've been keeping it a secret. Yes. So that was the last time I was jangly. And <laughs> the worst is how convinced I was that he was asking me, that, that I, if I had a pet bee or whatever it was, it was quite entertaining. Are you, are you going to try and make the word jangly a thing? Or are you going to just keep it in your own realm? You know, so far, um, only like one other person I know uses it. My, my best friend, Nix. I, she... I almost thought you were going to say your cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your best friend. Yeah, like sometimes she also uses it and she'll be like, oh yeah, no, but Jungles is being jangly or on oh, no, her jeans, you're being jangly. Okay, so what are you studying currently? So currently I am busy majoring in psychology. Okay. Yeah, the plan is to pursue neuropsychology and developmental psychology through to a PhD. It's very exciting, a long journey ahead of me, but I am looking forward to it. So was uh, psychology your choice? Um, from the start? Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I was very fortunate that uh, my parents never pressured me to study. Yeah. It was always just supposed to be like our choice. Um, they also didn't like try influence what I wanted to study or um, we went to go see like, um, you know, the career guidance counselors and whatnot to help give us ideas of what we're good at. Um, 
but that was like really ineffective uh what actually helped me decide uh what i wanted to study was my first au pairing job that i had okay um i was working with four kids oh wow yeah from five in the morning until seven at night your first au pair job yes wow yeah i did that for two years it was very tiring um and so one of the kids so actually my employer he only had two kids um and then his domestic workers son she looked after two of his kids and so then my employer was putting those two kids through school um and the the oldest one uh, is a boy and he had quite severe behavioral issues okay and so the more time i spent with him and the more i you know got integrated into the whole like family system i began to notice that you know what this is not normal acting out behavior this is this is like traumatized behavior he's he's not okay um other than the fact that i was constantly being called into the principal's office and having meetings with the teachers and stuff like that he was quite a um difficult child but how old was he he was 9 at the time yeah so eventually i um i started to figure out okay what avenues can we take that will be affordable that will benefit him into you know just helping him adjust his behavior and deal with his in a conflict and anger um so he could not see a child psychologist because in order to see a child psychologist you need to have um both parents sign off on it and his parents were just like out of the picture um so he could see a play therapist and i convinced my employer like listen can i please just take him to a play therapist once a week if his behavior does not um change within like the next month then we will try a different avenue and um and my employer eventually um was like okay cool gave me the go ahead to do that um and how did that spark you actually trying to go into psychology from you know being in a pair seeing this this child with a situation how did you resonate with that to a point there we actually thought you know what i actually want to do this for a living well um i realized that i have quite a natural um inclination into figuring out um how to guide someone through their emotions and also how i need to approach them and also like just different strategies to implement to help ease the sense of discomfort that they're feeling without giving advice without judgment and without trying to play like the rescuer yeah, yeah. because those three things are very ineffective um from like a objective point of view yeah um so they then also because i had to figure most of like the stuff out by myself because unfortunately the play therapist that he went to she was not qualified enough to deal with his severity of his behavioral issues so i had to like um i was like lending books like from my friends who had already studied just so i could like understand the different childhood disorders and like what can happen during your like major developmental phases that can cause such a severe reaction in someone so young because it's abnormal for a child to react the the way he did are you are you do you feel you want to specialize in child psychology if you if you major um I do want to work with children, but I also want to work with adults. Okay. 
So um, I would like to work with children, adults, family therapy, basically do that whole thing, uh, which is also like why I want to go into um, developmental psychology as well. Um, I really, I love children. I absolutely adore playing with them, working with them, hanging out with them. Um, I get along with them like really well and most of the time they really like me. So I, I really enjoy being around them. But you don't want to limit yourself to children at the no. either. So you want to be able to mm. get all kinds of different people with different situations, explore all avenues mm. in order for you to, I don't know, do more research upon, um, yeah. on, on your own thesis perhaps. Yeah, yeah, like one of the things that I um, try bear in mind the whole time is because I am so young, I'm only 23, um, there's still a lot that's going to happen in my life before I get to the point where I become a certified clinical psychologist, that I really just have to keep my mind open to possibilities of change and also to the possibility of maybe not becoming a psychologist. That's my current dream right now and the current goal that I'm working towards. But things do change, so I just try to keep an open mind um, towards it. And you have this interesting project that you're working on in, this, in the meantime as well. Yes. Student bingo. Yes. Tell me about that. Cool. So actually this um, idea started as an art project. Okay. Now, I, I love doing art projects with my friends. It's, it's so much fun. I don't always get the opportunity to do it as often as I'd like to. But um, at the end of last year, I just got the idea where I was like, you know what? There are so many like random ass weird student experiences that happen. Um, like during lectures, at parties, um, while you're studying. And I'd like to think of all of the ones that I could possibly have um, and all the ones I've already had and just like write it down and like cross them off as I go along. Um, and then I, I, I pitched the idea to my, to my bestie, Nick's. And um, then we were like, yeah, let's fucking like create like giant ass bingo cards and just like chill in my apartment, paint, drink some wine, just like hang out. And then we'll use it as like a motivator throughout the semester just to like keep us inspired to be yes. students and enjoy the experience because it, it does get very overwhelming studying. Yeah. And you guys need to take yeah. your, your, your mind off of studying every now yeah. and then as well. Yeah, um, and then we told some of our other student friends about it, and they were like, oh my god, that is such a good idea. <laughs> and then we looked at each other, and we were like, well, maybe let's just, like, start something. Let's, like, see who else is interested in this. We can, like, totally make a game of this and, like, fucking sell it for, like, extra bucks. Because um, both her and I are busy planning to continue our post-grad overseas okay. um, my goal is Italy hers is Germany oh wow yeah oh nice yeah so we we need like a lot of cash <laughs> to get exactly. to that side yeah and it's it's difficult to save up um, that amount of money you know obviously we're gonna sell all of our shit and whatnot but um, one has to anticipate to be unemployed for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like finding work is not easy. And I need to pay for everything in euros as well. Yes. And <laughs> fun fact about Italy, a bedroom in an apartment costs like oh, <laughs> so much money. <laughs> it's almost like 600 euros a week, I think. 
Um, well, I worked it out to be, it's like the cheapest one I found so far that's like in a safe neighborhood and whatnot was like 5,600, something like that per month. Yeah. yeah, it does include like water, electricity, and Wi-Fi. Thing, thank goodness. Um, but I mean, still, that's it's. It's expensive. It's, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's basically what people pay in rand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's crazy. So now um, you you basically took your you know, extramural art project yeah. and you want to actually make it into a funding for you guys to continue with your studies. Yeah. And I just like the fact that it's still study orientated. Yeah. It's, it's something students can all relate to mm -hmm. as well. So how's, how does the premise of this game work? So it works like normal bingo. Um, I have no idea how to play bingo, but Nix does. <laughs> so we don't know how to play bingo, but we're going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I start most things. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, dive in the deep end, learn as you go. Yeah, yeah. fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Nix was the one who um, had to explain to me multiple times how to play bingo because for some reason it was just not like click. But anyways, so what we did is we created a bunch of like different bingo cards uh, with like numbers on it and if you uh, and then we've got like a separate sheet and um we wrote numbers one two seventy five down on it and then like with an experience next to each number so on the card if you so uh, we actually just use like a random bingo number generator thing okay. on our phones um <laughs> then we just click you know shuffle number or whatever the fuck it says okay. <laughs> yeah. so is there instructions in the bingo yeah. that you can download this num random number generator thing as well <laughs> good point <laughs> good point um i am going to add that because that is oh, actually okay. <laughs> did not think of that but thank you well i'm glad i could help <laughs> yes. all right so choose a random number yeah um, oh no, no, we actually, because that, that's how her and I have been playing it together. But for other people, we have actually made like a pouch with little numbers like 1 to 75 cut out. So you just need to pull a random number from there. Okay, there we go. Back on track. <laughs> Alright, back yeah. to bingo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then if you have had that student experience, you can like cross it off. If you've not had that student experience, but you have the number then you kind of just have to like leave it open. That's like where the confusion comes <laughs> Just leave it there where no one yeah. has to think about it. <laughs> Maybe next time it happens. <laughs> Maybe we'll save this one for later. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then how does one win the game? Or beat the game? Or is it a drinking game? Well, um, we encourage that you do drink while you play because part of the student experience is <laughs> we encourage drinking it. excessively. Nice. Um, well, we, we, we encourage safe, excessive drinking. <laughs> okay, um, okay. Yeah. yeah. At a safe level. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you have gotten one... Safe, excessive drinking. <laughs> we encourage safe, excessive drinking. I love that. It, it kind of works. Not all the time. So if you drink excessively, just do it safely. Put like helmets on in case you pass out. Oh my God. I actually have a story about needing a helmet while being while drunk. While drinking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, in, in March, in February, I had managed to drink excessively. Mm. And but not safely. 
and not safety because I hit my head so hard on the bathroom sink that I knocked myself out cold and I was so severely concussed that Nix had to rush me to the hospital. With a helmet. <laughs> That's why I need a helmet. That's why I need the helmet Do you now. have a designated drinking helmet now? Not yet, but I really need to invest in one. I think that might a, be something problem. really cool about that you yeah. guys can actually sell with the student <laughs> bingo is drinking helmets. <laughs> you, know? you know, there's one thing that this game is really prone on and that's safety. Okay? So <laughs> yeah. when you drink excessively, put on your drinking helmet and enjoy the game. <laughs> that is a brilliant idea and I'm going to pitch that to Nick. <laughs> yeah, you have to at least. So, you know, everybody can you know start you know modifying yeah. their drinking helmets. Yes, yes. Or you can just like like make a mark on it every time you've hit your head while wearing it. Oh, you know, like the, like the prisoners do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like a system. Yeah. Oh, wow, this is a level 45 <laughs> drinking bingo player. <laughs> like this guy has been drinking it for a lot, playing this game for a long time. <laughs> this person has hit their head too many times. <laughs> but safely. But safely. <laughs> Safe accessible. Or if you're really shy, you can actually just put the visor down, you know. Yes. If you're actually like a very introverted people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this game involves bluffing as well, but if you're like, you know, like the poker players, <laughs> yes. you can just put your visor yes. on. Or if you just want to have a quick nap. <laughs> In between games, <laughs> just, like, no, no. So, all right, I'm ready. Yeah. So, you guys, aim to sell this in order to fund your projects with yeah. regards to studying abroad. Yes, that is very cool because I don't think a lot of people think outside of the box, pun intended, mm. with regards <laughs> to you know their studies because yeah. uh, um, people are so used to limitations. Oh, I can't yeah. go do that. I can't go do that. But what are you actively doing to yeah. actually get there? And I think that is very good initiative that you guys take with regards to that. Thank you. Are you guys both studying psychology? Yes, we are actually. Yeah, that's oh. how we met. Oh, okay, yeah. so you guys became roomies through, through studying together as well. Yeah, well, we, we both live alone, but um, we, we met on campus through other friends. And um, we're, we're study buddies, we're besties, we like... We're attached by the hip. It's it's quite quite something. We're a package deal. How much um, from your studies do mm. you actually incorporate in your own life? Um, nothing. How so? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> that that is not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> to be honest, because uh, everything we're doing right now is is very theoretical. But I also, um, I'm very fortunate to see a psychologist, so I don't feel the need to um, self-psychologist myself. What? Jeez. I feel like I could have said that so much better, but I don't what know What is how. the term for it? Self-psych yourself? Psych yourself up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't psych myself up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that term though, to be honest. It's terrible. <laughs> okay, um, so... But I also, like, I don't think it's appropriate to psychoanalyze my friends or to apply what I'm learning to, uh, like, to, to the people in my life. Because I, I think it will, it crosses a boundary, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, no one asked me to... Um, 
understand like okay no so this happened to them at this age so de developmentally this impacted them in this way and then this caused them to develop this kind of behavior and pattern of behaviors and this is like why they act this way and this is the self-coping mechanisms and you know but it's surely just... but surely you realized a couple of things from your own personal experiences with what you're learning right now mm. don't you think there are instances where you think like wow i i kind of do that and this is why i do that or not really no that, that definitely does happen um but the the work that we are studying at this point is not really advanced enough to have any kind of like profound um realizations mm. I, I enjoy reading psychology books for fun that aren't my textbooks and those books have been more of an influence um, in my own like self-reflection process than my actual work. Um, I think one of the things about studying is to really, at least for myself, is the way I stay motivated is to get obsessed and like stay obsessed. Um, so a lot of the things that I do in my spare time is psychology related in order to keep that motivation and inspiration going because <laughs> For it not to die. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because also like we're the, our work level right now is it's genuinely not challenging. It's not difficult. It's a, it's a lot of work and it's yeah. difficult to get through all the content, but the content itself is not difficult to understand. The volume um, is uh, precedes yeah. the, the actual work. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to read things or like listen to things that will show me, okay, you know what, this is the foundation phase and I'm going to get to a higher point that will be more challenging. And I enjoy engaging with more challenging content to just see, you know, that's the goal. That's where I want to be. So you, 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 you keep your bigger picture in, at mind when you don't study as well. So yeah. Just to keep that spark alive. Yeah. Do you, I'm not really into psychology per se, mm -hmm. but do you sometimes read stories and watch movies and you, and you, and you go a little bit deeper with regards to the yeah. characters? I definitely do that. Um, one of my favorite, favorite stories, uh, it's a Studio Ghibli story as well, A House Moving Castle. I love House Moving Castle! Oh and, my god! Um, for instance, that's one of my favorite movies because I like each and every mm. single character and the story behind every single character, yeah. why they are like that. And, mm. and that's why I like how I watch movies uh, because yeah. I relate to the characters to a point where yeah. they come from and and that that, that, that movie specifically for instance mm. Sophie you know, no one really the, the, the spell isn't even broken but you can actually see when she's happiest what happens yeah and um, do you watch movies like that at uh, that point as well we actually relate mm. to the to the characters and try to portray you know psychologically what's happening with them yeah yeah then I really do find the time to well actually um, where I find it's more appropriate to go into the deeper side of it, the more psychoanalytic side of it and really just like see, okay, this is what's happening because of this and this and this. And, um, and that, that's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. I also like that because um, Jordan Peterson uh, brought it into perspective for me because he teaches psychology as well. And how he yeah. dissects stories like Peter Pan. 
you know, um, Captain Hook, the only adult in this children's world, and he's only, f- um, you know, his only enemy is time. Yeah. That ticking time clock, you know. Mm. People don't really think about it as children, but rewatching yeah. these things um, broadens the perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely found that um, children's movies are the most relevant ones to adults' lives, I guess. Like, there's so much metaphorical basis in it and so many lessons that can be learned and the kind of growth that the characters experience, like, through their troubled times and the things that they learn about themselves and about their friends and family or about people they thought they could trust. It's, um, it's, it's, it's quite beautiful, really, where I found in, like, a lot of adult movies and stuff, not that I've actually watched many adult movies. I, I love children's movies same, yeah, same, <laughs> so much. Yeah, yeah but I, I haven't really found many adult movies to have the same kind of impact. Um, but different yeah. experiences in your life and different ages um, can switch your whole entire perspective on a character. For instance, if you yeah. watch The Little Mermaid, you see it's a very cool story about this chick who falls in love with the guy and... It's a very beautiful story, but if mm. you dissect that story and think to yourself, she literally had to change herself to fit into someone else's world. Yeah. Now that character changes. He's like, whoa, that's a yeah. whole new perspective on the, uh, something as innocent mm. from there as well. Or if you watch Winnie the Pooh, yeah. <clears throat> all of those characters have got mental disorders or some yeah. sort of disorder. Yeah. And um, how, do you, how do you base from where you started as an au pair mm. in your studies to mm. where you want to go with what you are learning uh, to become a psychologist with taking yourself out of mm. that person's shoes and analyze something how is that actually impacting your life um well one thing that <coughs> i have got a, a great ability to not take responsibility like for other people's emotions or their circumstances or for where they are in their lives. I just like to like provide a safe space where I just listen, listen without judgment, listen with acceptance and without um, giving advice. That actually for me is a really big thing. I I don't believe in um, just giving advice if someone asks for advice. Sorry going on a completely different tangent right now. <laughs> no, it's okay, go for it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, one thing there that I enjoy sticking to is you have not lived that person's life. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know how they eat their cereal. Yeah. Do they put their milk first or do they put their cereal first? Oh. Do they eat <laughs> peanut butter with their wheat bix? <laughs> what? Yes, like you, you don't, you don't know like that yeah. that kind of stuff about a person. You don't know what's most appropriate for them. Only like you can decide what is the best decision for you to make with your current capabilities. You may think that you know um, in a certain situation what's best for a person to do, but um, it's actually it's just I I think it's inappropriate to just give advice if someone is like oh hey i'm going through a really hard time right now um what's the kind of like coping mechanisms that you use or what do you do to like do that then it's okay they're actually reaching out and asking for a different perspective and that is then the appropriate time to um, provide one Um, but i'm just speaking from like my own standpoint everyone has got their own like perspective and ideas on how to go about this yeah. And that's why I think journaling is so important because if you journal, you basically get advice from yourself. Yeah. Because if you read 
things you wrote about, even if it's just a week ago, a month ago, mm. or a year ago, that you know where you were at that point of life, you know what you were thinking, you know why you wrote it, mm. and you know the time that's passed in the meantime, you can either see there's been yeah. progress or there hasn't been progress, and I think um, one of the best advice I've received from mm. anyone is journaling, because yeah. Who knows you better than you do? Yeah. Exactly those things that you t say. You don't know what mm -hmm. the life they have lived, but journaling, you know the life you've li you lived yeah. and where you want to go and why you're journaling, if you've yeah. been just writing it down. Yeah. Yeah, journaling is one of the most effective forms of like self reflection and like just also remembering like what's happened. Um, a lot of psychologists will recommend it um, in sessions and whatnot because it's it truly, truly is so beneficial. Like I started journaling from quite a young age, um, completely like unintentionally. My, my mom gave me like a day planner. It was a really cool day planner. It okay. was so pretty. <laughs> like it was like this specialized kind of like thing and she ordered it from some place and it was, it was really, it was You a can really plan your day in detail. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, she said, just write down the top things that you remembered about today every single day and then at the end of the year you can go through it and you can see oh damn on the 5th of June I had a really great burger <laughs> nice. like random stuff like that and then that was how like I got into um, journaling it was just like writing what happened in the day like what was the bad what was the good and then it just sort of became like thoughts that I just started writing out in a different book not anymore in a day planner because day planners only have so much space yeah especially when you, you also use them for day so planning much in a day yeah <laughs> but also i hate um day planners with dates in it because yeah if you do if i don't write something down in a day it kind of feels like oh i wasted that day <laughs> but if you have a book and you yeah. just write every now and then in an i hate i don't know i hate open pages in a book yeah no i get that but don't you think art is also such a powerful tool because mm. I see art also as journaling in a sense because Definitely. what you paint, why mm. you paint it or the medium you use, everything yeah. in that is also kind of like a form of journaling mm. because you're expressing yourself just mm. in a different type of medium. Yeah. And I think art is also something that people don't really appreciate Yeah. to that extent. Yeah. For, I mean... A lot of people just see it, oh, that guy just painted a picture. Yeah. But that's that feelings that you're mm. talking about, that someone's actually just expressing in that picture yeah. and the way they write and whatever. But mm. I'm just saying art is, for me, also a form of journaling, and that's why yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. Like, um, I remember when I was a kid, I was taking art classes, and I had the most amazing art teacher ever. She was fantastic. And she once, um, I was finishing this painting really quickly and she was like, no, Gina, just slow down. You're going to oh, be, no. yeah. she was like, next week you're going to be in a different mood. So why don't you continue with like this piece when you're in a different mood? Because um, whatever emotion you have is going to come through it. And then you're not just like painting everything with one mindset, one emotion. Then you add so much more like depth and character to oh, it. Oh, she actually wanted you to continue with it on different times. Yeah. That one piece. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, no, it was like one of the best um, artistic advice, well, um, instruction that I have ever received. Um, like, because I, I grew up with art, 
my mom's a phenomenal artist. She actually designed one of my tattoos for me. Um, but she's she's so so impressive, and um, she always like exposed us to the art industry. We we're always going to galleries and meeting different artists, and that was when I really like um, started to understand the 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 depth and the beauty of like just a sculpture, just a painting. You know, you may think, oh no, this is just a bunch of lines, but there's so much more to it than that. And it's really amazing, like when artists put the meaning of the artwork, like with the name, or even if it's just the name of the artwork, because like the name can give you so much like direction into what the artist was thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like um, the first tattoo I got is from an artwork from a by South African artist. Oh wow. Yeah, it was my first tattoo as well, and um, the artwork was titled Memory Swatter. But for like a solid four years, I was convinced it was called memories. And so my interpretation of the artwork had to do with memories and how they evolve and change. And, um, and it was my interpretation of the artwork of memories was just like my own philosophy when it comes to memories and stuff like that. And, um, and that just like shows the, the, the power of like one drawing. It can really just open your mind so much, but you can also like connect with it like spiritually, um, philosophically, um, or you can even just like find it funny and entertaining. Or just uh, it's a nice picture. You yeah. Know? But yeah. Uh, did your perspective of the artwork change when you found out the full name? Um, no, it did not. It actually, like, really fell in line with it. And it just solidified what you were already thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, so the art that you, you say you do art, you do art on your, in your spare time. Mm -hmm. So, t tell me more about that. So, you just, every, whenever you've got a little space to do art, you paint, mm -hmm. or what, what, what do you do when you, when you, when you create, basically? Um, I, I really enjoy painting. I enjoy sketching with charcoal sticks, not scars. English. <laughs> I enjoy sketching with um, charcoal sticks, not charcoal pencils, because the pencils are too like precise. Okay. I enjoy like really harsh lines and making a mess and making things like super dark. Um, I also I really enjoy oil oil paint. Um, I like making things out of clay. Um, like actually one of my recent art projects was painting female torsos on my curtains. Oh wow. Yeah. Just your plain curtains that's hanging there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had black curtains and I was like, I want to paint female torsos on it. And so I painted female torsos on it. I still have like, like some gaps I need to fill. So it's not entirely done, but it's close to done and it looks really cool. And you're just doing the yeah. art for yourself? Yeah. It's basically just like a therapy session. Um, it's more like a, cause I'm a very creative person and it's important for me to, you know, emotionally what, and everything just paint and draw and just, um, express myself in that way. So I use it both, um, therapeutically, but also as a hobby. Because I found that, like, as an adult, it's really hard to have hobbies. Yes. Like, when do, do people get time to hobby? Right? <laughs> so, I found also if I don't create art, then I'll literally, like, sit and, like, doodle while I'm listening to my lectures. And then I don't pay attention to my lectures. I just, like, sit and, like, scratch around and whatnot. And then I have to listen to the whole thing again. And I'm like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> so. <laughs> 
<laughs> just because you know you, you know you don't know when you're gonna have time to to art as well. So that then mm. you've got priorities as well too that comes with your hobbies. Yeah. yeah. And um, at the end of the day, when you express, why would you personally feel you need to express? What what, what would you say is your motivation? for that need to express the whole time? That is a very good question. Um, it's actually, it's just this drive that I have to create. There isn't always like a reason or like a motivation behind it. It's just like this like urge, you know, like when you get like hungry, it's just, it's like a, I guess like a biological desire yes. to put something down um, on paper or on my curtains or <laughs> well, if you just think of, If you think about it, I mean, most people that everybody says they want mm. to and and that's why that, that's why i i resonate with what you're telling me mm. because it's so cool to hear that you want to go abroad what mm. are you going to do about it you want to create what are you yeah. going to do about it what when you're going to find time we'll make time and i yeah. think the average person and i don't want to put the world in one mm. you know little bundle but yeah. i think the average person always say they want to achieve these things mm. and then they come home and they watch Netflix. Yeah. You know, they don't act actively try to do these mm. things and that's why I say it's so beautiful to hear that you're actively yeah. trying to do these things because I don't yeah. think most people have that drive mm. to do it and it's very mm. cool to hear that you've got this natural urge, Yeah. this natural drive because a lot of people yeah. need someone mm. Like an accountability buddy. Hey, yeah. we need to go to gym today, you yeah. know, or let's go create. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one thing I, I love saying is I always get what I want, not because it's handed to me, but because I work really hard to get it. Yes. Like if I want something, I will obsess about it and I will work and realign my life in a way so that I achieve it and I achieve it when I want to achieve it. Obviously, sometimes there are obstacles, but like I handle it as it comes and I do it. <laughs> but that is, that is, that is a very good word that one of my friends, mm -hmm. Anthony also lives by and that's obsess, uh, obsess about your mm -hmm. dreams, obsess about your goals because, yeah. um, if you if you're not obsessive about it, when are you? Because everybody is very quick, yeah. quick to say, "Oh, one day," mm. but one day is gonna be. It used to be when before you know it, you're yeah. in your eighties and you wish you've done these things. Yeah. So I think obsessive. Uh, I, I mean, there. I think there is lines with regards to obsess. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you know? It has to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Safety first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's the. That's the topic yes. of this podcast is safety. So safety when you drink excessively, safety. When you're <laughs> obsessed, do it safely. Yeah. So you yeah. have, you've got your studies going on for mm. you. You've got art. And mm. I see you also do a bit of modeling for photography. I do. La 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 la. I do. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> so what made you want to go try that out? Um, to be honest, uh, uh, people have just like asked me to do shoots for them. Okay. I am not like the best model. My face sometimes does things in photos. <laughs> Your like, face just does things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's very entertaining. Okay. Like Evan has sent me like some pictures of me like pulling the strangest faces ever. And I'm like, oh dear, <laughs> what am I doing? Um, but it has, it's actually been quite an interesting journey because being in front of a camera like that, 
is um, you know you're very exposed it's just you you're the subject matter yes. so learning how to like relax your face and how to emote um, because you have turned tables you have become the art now yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you have become your own charcoal painting yeah. basically yeah so it's it's a lot of fun like ev and i recently did a um a really really cool photo shoot where i wanted to climb into the pond and he was like okay cool and so he let me just like <laughs> climb into the pond because i wanted to climb inside a pond and have my picture taken there and just like that like random thing was just so much fun it was really cold there's a lot of fish in that pond as well and they all touched me yes and it was disgusting <laughs> it's weird <laughs> it was very weird it's like they want to be close to any yes. form of activity in that pond it was strange i'm still not sure i, I don't think i was allowed to climb in there but bad happened but, yeah but yeah. um I, it's very nerve-wracking because mm. i've also been behind the lens a couple of times because yeah. I, i'm never sure what to do like uh, what do you do what do you do how does, <laughs> how does one be behind the lens i i i, I don't know how to do it and mm. for a lot of people it comes naturally yeah but i don't i never know how to feel I'll, like you said i feel exposed you know yeah. because it's you yeah <laughs> it's me and and whatever i do yeah. when that when that button is pushed mm. it's there now yeah and it's yeah. put into the world it's it's intense and you also you kind of have to like trust the photographer to make you like look good and you know really like work with you and like direct you and be like listen you're making because i i do this so often in pictures i, I give myself a double chin and it's weird <laughs> like um evan's girlfriend chelsea she was taking some pictures of me and she was like gina just relax your face and move it forward because I was pulling a weird double chin and she was like, that's, that's not going to be a pretty picture. You don't want that. <laughs> no, that's the opposite of what you want as yeah. well. And yeah. um, now I, I, I find it really interesting because I also have the, the need to create because I, I, don't, I don't really create for me to as an escape. Um, I always found it as something that I want to do to leave behind in the world, even mm. if it can resonate with one person. And I, I don't know if that's a very good motivation because it, I always feel like it's something that you need to create for yourself. Mm. But I sometimes create because I feel like, you know, if, if anyone can have any form of value from this, yeah. why not? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's, um, you know, art, be it music, pottery, making jewelry or whatever, like form of creation that you decide to um, choose it's it's a way of also building connections with people like one thing that i love doing is i love drawing birthday cards and christmas cards or just randomly like painting a picture for a friend of mine and giving it to them um because it's it's such a such a deep moment between two people where you're like listen i want to give this piece of me to you and i was thinking about you while i created it and this is the thoughts that i had and this is like my show of appreciation because uh, for me one of my love languages is time okay. um, quality of time quality of conversation like you're literally giving me a piece of your life 
that um, that you're not going to get back. And to me, that's one of the greatest shows of appreciation for someone. Yes. You know? So uh, that, that's my way of, like, genuinely showing someone that I, I, I care about them and that they have got, like, an like a important place within my life. Um, I, I create something for them. And I'm like, listen, here's a part of me. Here's a part of my time. Here is, like, my emotions that I want to give to you as a gift because I love you, I respect you. It is a valuable like thing a, as well because time yeah. is something you cannot, literally cannot get back. Yeah, yeah. So it is something valuable and that, that is a very precious gift to give someone. I, I, I yeah. totally agree with you. And I love collaborations as mm. well with regards to art, music or anything yeah. like that. Because collaborating with someone's now, mm. I can't do what you are doing and yeah. you can't do what I'm doing. Let's yeah. create something together. And I love seeing artists collaborate. I've loved seeing yeah. artists collaborate in different mediums. I mean, even a music video. Mm. I mean, the director, the, the guy that, that shoots the video, yeah. the band themselves. It's for me, a lot of people just see it as a band music video. Yeah. But I see it as a collaborative project yeah. between so many people that's mm. involved creating one thing and that's that mm. time as well that everybody worked so hard to achieve yeah. so a collaboration is yeah. also for me something that i really like to see in all kinds of different art forms yeah no definitely like it's oh there's some beautiful things you know what it's actually like it's like good coffee and good wine. Some of the best things are blends. Yes. You take two things that are amazing and you put them together and then it's just like, oh, mind-blowing. Yes. And it's like that with artists as well. When artists collaborate, they create something so unique and so different that they could not have done by themselves. And the joint effort is just like such like an explosion of creativity and um, inspiration and, and fun. And uh, yeah. amongst all of your capricious activities, you swim as well. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Um, that literally just started um, in November last year. My dad told me, he was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to swim the Midmar Mile next year. And I was like, oh, cool, let me join you. And he looked at me and he was like, okay. He did not believe me for one second. What? Yeah. He thought I was like just saying that. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And I, I started swimming twice a week. And then I swam a seating event for the Midmore Mile um, at the end of November. And I swam this after three hours of sleep um, and, a, and a hangover. And nice. I swam a kilometer in 27 minutes. Wow. Which was, it, I beat my gym time, which was great. Awesome. Um, and then I, I just carried on practicing. And then unfortunately, the Midmar Mile got moved from February to March. And literally two days before the Midmar Mile was supposed to take place, they canceled the yeah. event. But we could swim it virtually. And so yeah. that's what I did. And I did, I swam it virtually. Uh, I managed to find a dam. So what you do is you register the, the location that you're swimming in, be it the gym or if you found like um, a patch of open water. Some people actually went to the Midmar Dam to do it. Okay. But I did not feel safe doing it. Partly because I was still very concussed. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. From the helmet event. Yes. yes. So I, I was still concussed and my doctor told me, you shouldn't actually be doing this, but I can't stop you. And I was like, I've put in so much training. I'm going to do this. Yes. Um, 
and the Midmar, the actual, you've swam it, right? Yes. Yeah, the, the dam is like, the water can get pretty rough, apparently. Yes. Yeah, so I didn't want to like do that without the safety it's of like lifeguards. It's like a miniature ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah, and especially because I am an unexperienced open water swimmer, I didn't want to drown. Um, but luckily my dad has a friend who stays by a dam. And so I just used her dam and with the concussion, I swam 1.6 kilometers in like 35 minutes or something yeah, like that's that. That's very good. So that was, that was really amazing. So you swim at the gym as well, just yeah. for, for uh, health purposes? Or? Um, I have actually not been swimming anymore. Um, I've kind of like put that on pause. Um, I still actually go to the gym every day. But the, the swimming part has, has been put on pause now while it's like cold. Um, I really like it though because I've got the swimming pool to myself. <laughs> you know, not a lot of people swim now when it's cold and they actually yeah. push up the heat a little bit. But um, I mainly swim because yeah. of, um, you know, it is exercise. But yeah. I don't know if you've, if you've felt this before, but swimming... I block out everything. Yeah. And I don't know what it is because you mm. count your strokes, you count your, your breathing and everything mm. like that. It's for me such a cool activity because nothing else matters yeah. for that brief moment when you swim. And that's the only reason why. And I mm. think I think you can um, you can do it with a lot of things. I mean, a lot, I think that's why yeah. a lot of people jog as well. Mm. But um, I don't know. It's something about being submerged yeah. underwater and blocking out sound as well. Yeah. That just got this really calming effect mm. to it. I, I actually, I really relate to that. Like, um, because so many of the things that I'm doing in my life is future based. Sometimes I live in the future too much because every day I'm doing things to benefit my future and like the person I want to be one day that I, um, I don't always take into consideration just being in the moment so there there are certain times during the day or like on weekends or whatever where I'm like okay right now the future is on hold I'm gonna be in this moment and I found that swimming was the best way to engage with that for that hour as soon as I stood into the water and I started swimming that was it for that one hour nothing else mattered university didn't matter the fact that I forgot to feed my cat did not matter. I've never forgotten to feed my cat, but just for example. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. It's an example, everyone. We don't, we don't neglect our animals on this show. Yeah. <laughs> or like the pile of dishes that I have to do or laundry or, oh, damn, today is vacuuming day. Or, you know, so all of that just stopped. And as soon as I went into the water, it was just me. And it actually, it felt like I was in a giant womb. You know, just mm. like swimming around, just it's almost like being peace. consoled, you know. Yeah, yeah, just being held by the water, <laughs> and no, swimming is such an amazing activity, and um, I definitely am going to take it up again. I think um, were you talking about your future goals in the future? I've actually, I've actually narrowed down my swimming to my day-to-day -day life. I've actually incorporated, incorporated swimming into my daily activity mm. in, in the sense of when I first started swimming, I swam yeah. 300 meters and it almost took me an hour because yeah. I was just so unfit. But I didn't stop there. Yeah. Um, the next day I swam 350 meters, mm. same time, 
But I thought to myself, listen, I'm 50 meters where yeah. I were yesterday or the week before. Mm. If I keep trying at it, I will become close. I'll, I'll come close yeah. to that goal to be able to swim. Yeah. My goal was to actually compete and see if I, I can mm. compete to it in a sport. With that, I tried every single day. I yeah. want to be able to, I don't know, write better mm. or paint better or do something better in my daily activity, you know, just to mm. better myself. Even though today I suck at it, mm. but if I keep trying, that's a good measure where I were yeah. yesterday. And there's the same with journaling, you know. Yeah. You've got that thing where I used to be here, mm. even if it's just 50 meters or even if it's just um, a, a 500 grams that you lost the weight you know, on, the, yeah. on, the, on the scale. Take that magnifying glass mm. a little bit closer and just start incorporating it in your daily activity, you know. Yeah. The philosophy behind it was mm. for me beyond swimming and that was my yeah. little push, my motivation I needed to actually yeah. try and better my life. Mm. Yeah, I actually, I really relate to what you say because I also, um, swimming like really helped me stay motivated because, you know, sometimes you can feel really stuck. Like things aren't moving forward much or you can't see that much progress. But if you like just take a step back and realize, oh, damn, I've come really far from when I started. And swimming was something that really reiterated that for me. Like when I began swimming, it took me half an hour, like 30, 32 minutes, 30 minutes to swim like a kilometer. And then uh, by the end of the Midmar Mile season, I was doing 1.6 kilometers in 35 minutes in an open water. And if I can do that, after like only a few months of training, just like imagine what I could do if I just remained dedicated to all of the other goals that take so much time and like steps and just like basic, like I'm also busy learning Italian now. Oh, wow. And... Oh, damn. <laughs> there is 21 tenses. What? It's so intense. And everything it's is gendered. intense. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. I intended that intended. one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, because you're going to actually have to try and communicate to people mm. while you're in Italy. Yeah, yeah. And that's also like it's a it's very difficult to learn a language that is so different from like English and Afrikaans because I, I am bilingual. Um, my Afrikaans is basic fluency. Um, basic fluency. Basic fluency. Yes, okay. it's it's fine. I actually speak Afrikaans at work every day. I can explain fractions in Afrikaans. Oh wow! That's but um, I don't Afrikaans. even know if I can explain <laughs> fractions in Afrikaans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like Italian is very different from those languages. And um, I also like every day I have to remind myself like, listen, when you started with this goal. You could only like basically greet, you know, like, how are you? Hey, that kind of thing. But now look at you. You're learning conjunctions, numbers, times, sentences, plurals, definitive articles. Like mm. it's um, and even though it's still so small in the broader scheme of being fluent, um, in a language it's still it's something it's progress and it's like hard work and time that goes into that and it's just really nice to keep track of like oh damn so over here i was doing this and now look there there might not be like a significant improvement or like um you eh, probably what's that thing called progress growth Gro Oof. growth 
Yes, but there's still a little bit. And that little bit counts because, you know, tomorrow it's going to be a little bit more. Next month it's going to be a little bit more. And then eventually, you know, you, you just you build up on your skills and you build up on like your achievements. You also, you also get to know your capabilities. For instance, mm. let's say, let's take swimming for an example. Let's say um, when, I, when I get a tattoo, I can't swim for two weeks. Right. So yeah. then I think to myself, okay, cool. Oh, but that when I return to the water in that mm. two weeks and I feel, I feel horrible. And when you, yeah. when I get to 500 meters, I think to myself, no, I can't do this. But then you yeah. remember, you know, I used to be able to swim 2k easy. Yeah. You know what your capabilities are. Yeah. And I think if you stop thinking to yourself, listen, I cannot do this. Just think mm. to yourself, I I'm able to do this because I know I'm able to do this. Yeah. So why prevent yourself from achieving mm. that again? Yeah. If you know being hung over yeah. and being half concussed, you have <laughs> achieved this before. Yeah. You know, forgetting or, or, or not being able to mm. touch a so, so certain so subject and you think to yourself, oh, this is tedious. Yeah. Just, I think you're, a, a person's motivation would be, you know what? Yeah. I know what I'm capable of. Mm. Let's just push through. And I think that's a lot of people get to that bar barrier and they stop. Yeah. They think they're over it. Yeah. And I think that's what uh, what's preventing a lot of people mm. to achieve their goals because they don't see that progress where they mm. want to see it, but they forget of what they have actually mm. have achieved prior. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I actually also think of it in the context of fear. It is it's actually scary being successful and achieving your goals. It comes with so much discomfort. It is, it's not comfortable learning new things and pushing yourself um, past your comfort zones in order to achieve things. You really have to, um, you have to break monotony. You sometimes have to create monotony even like, you know, routine to make sure that you get to everything. And it's difficult and it's scary, like not knowing if you're going to um, accomplish it or not. And I, I encourage myself to sit in the discomfort of the fear and sit in the discomfort of the I can't. And I'll literally say, my, say to myself, you know, I acknowledge that you feel like you can't do this right now. And that's okay. If you feel like you can't do it right now, sit with those feelings for a bit. But, you know, one, two, three, let's do it. Let's yeah. go now. Now we've got this. You felt uncomfortable. You've you can now push through it just just keep on going and you will get there don't don't dwell don't sit and like sulk in the feeling of oh. i think as as much as social media mm -hmm. is such a beautiful thing it can be also yeah. a very horrible thing for people because now you're measuring yourself with someone else's ruler, ruler as well yeah now you think to yourself oh mm -hmm. look how far that person has become look what have mm -hmm. they have achieved and look what i'm doing with my life yeah and i think um it's, it's very hard for, for anyone to mm. actually think, you know what, my problems are relevant to me. Mm. My accomplishments is mm. relevant to me. And social media is actually such a horrible thing sometimes because mm. now you're already in your mind in such a bad mindset because you yeah. think to yourself, why have I not do this? Why am I not where I am? Mm. Now you climb on social media and you think, wow, this person started with me. Look yeah. where they are right now. And I think people mm -hmm. should stop actually putting themselves in other people's shoes because it's yeah. it's a very big demotivator as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's it's so toxic as well. You know, you can't compare. It's, you know, back to the, like the advice thing. You don't know how they eat their cereal. You know, they, 
don't eat cereal the same way you do. They don't. Maybe they don't like butter on their toast. Maybe they don't even eat toast. Maybe they're gluten intolerant. You know, there are so many things. Maybe they've got. Maybe they're worse off at home than you are. You know, you, you don't yeah. know these things. Yeah. Maybe they eat peanut butter with their wheat picks. Okay, you, I'm actually going to try this after this podcast. <laughs> you know, like, Nix told me she does that, and I, I'm still busy trying to get over it, because I actually don't like peanut butter. I, I, I've, I thought I was allergic to nuts for a long time, yeah. for a long period of time, where I didn't eat nuts, because mm. I had a bad allergic reaction to nuts. And the other day, I ate a lunch bar. Yeah. I took the plunge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is... What? I just... <laughs> what I was just so in the mood for a lunch bar. <laughs> no. I, I actually got a doctor's number that I got ready. I asked her, <laughs> like, listen, I'm going to eat a lunch bar now. Will you be available in the next hour? She said, um, yes, I guess. <laughs> and I did it and I was fine. And now I'm back on peanut butter where I've like... I spent... Five years of my life not eating nuts. That's such a sad time. Yeah, wow. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness you weren't vegan because then you would have like no milk replacements that you could drink at like Seattle or whatever. Oh, wait, they do oat milk now. Oh, it's not nuts. Oats not nuts. It's not nuts. <laughs> I feel that's a very cool band name. It actually is. It's not nuts. Like a jazz tribute band or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Or like some indie band where they like wear like 80s hot pants and have like really curly hair and aviators. Ugh, I see windbreakers in this band as well. <laughs> you know, like really lumo windbreakers. You know, this might be a controversial thing to say, but I see Crocs. Crocs, windbreakers, <laughs> and aviators. <laughs> yes. Oats, not nuts. Like, if I was a musician, I would definitely go for that. So, but if I'm there are any so. musicians out there who would like to steal this aesthetic, you're welcome. Yes, please please credit us, though. <laughs> we would want to be in at least one music video. Yes. <laughs> we'll wear all of that. Crocs, windbreakers. And aviators. <laughs> yes. So... To conclude this podcast, is no. there anything you want to leave the listeners with? Hmm. That is actually a very good question. You know, I would say that the best thing I can tell anyone is, or what I tell myself every day is, you know, it's, everything is actually just going to be fine. Like, even if it does not feel like it's fine right now, it's, it's, it's going to be fine one day. And right now, if you just want to binge watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the 12th time, that is fine too. That's you know, okay. like if you're busy like doing study marathons or, you know, if you're busy being janglies. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're being janglies. Yeah, like just like trust yourself and like trust the process and uh, things, things work out, you know. I just want to say thank you very much for taking your time to come do this with me. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. And I would just like to say good luck with your ventures. And thank you. um, your, you guys will be able to buy this very cool uh, student bingo game as well. Is it available for purchase right now? It is. And it's only 40 rand. Only 40 smackers. And you get yes. to solidify your place in the student world. Yes. Will I be able to play it if I'm not a student? 
Aren't you like studying part time? Uh, but I'm not a student student. Oh. Well, I mean, you can definitely play. There, there will be some things that you will definitely not get, like falling asleep in a lecture hall or your lecturer telling you an inappropriately personal story. Ugh. Um, oh, yeah, it gets wild out there. It's great. <laughs> No, I'm actually kind of thankful I'm not a student. <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, I will post links uh, to the game as well. And yeah, have a wonderful day or evening, whenever time period you're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>